Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us for this conversation where we try and help someone, maybe you, get over adversity in your everyday life. First, shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttle, Suttle Solution Media, for helping to make this podcast possible. And also thank you to our guest today for taking the time to join us, share her expertise, I'm excited to introduce Scarlett O'Connor from across the pond in the UK. Thanks for joining us, Scarlett. Oh, Ted, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. And I'm excited to share your story with our listeners. I think it's something that's going to be very inspirational to a lot of folks and a lot of women that listen to this podcast as well. But before we jump into the conversation, first, let's get you and the audience acquainted, right? I want to give you the floor, give you a quick few moments to introduce yourself, let them know who you are and what you do. Hi, everybody. I'm Scarlett, as you've just been told, from the UK. And I am a life and business strategist, really. This is exactly what what you've just described there, Ted, helping people overcome adversity. I have worked in IT in a technical field for the past kind of 15 years. And then as we're like kind of talk touch on, I experienced a couple of near-death experiences, which sent me on a path of self-discovery, self-awareness. And during that path, I studied neurolinguistics programming, neuroscience, hypnotherapy, became a master at both of those and began a business, a side hustle, as it might some might call it doing something that serves my purpose, which is really helping other people. I work with business owners, execs, people who have got to a place, have probably had their head down, similar to myself, ground for years, not looked after themselves the best, which is exactly what I did and why one of partly of one of the reasons why I almost lost my life. And so, yeah, I've got to that place where they know there's more from life, mm-hmm. where they know that there's more that they can be doing, that they're capable of more, whether that's improving their health or like we were touching on with the bodybuilding, whether it's improving their health or improving their relationships or improving their wealth, their finances, what they they want from life. So really helping them to tap into and unleash who they really are. Yeah. I think something we have in common in terms of when you mentioned one of the situations that happened to you was when you weren't maybe taking the best care of yourself. And a lot of our listeners know about my journey into the hospital after having very bad habits, not eating well, depressed, negative thinking, which landed me in the hospital and you being able to turn your life around and go to being Miss Atlas, which for anyone who doesn't know is literally the championship for women bodybuilding. And to have that accomplishment after some of the things you've been through, one of the things on your profile and that you talk a lot about is scars into strength. And it's so powerful to kind of have those two, I guess, dualities in the same sentence, scars into strength. What does that mean? And how does that translate your story in terms of scars into strength? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm really fond of the name as well that we like that we came up with. I was discussing it with friends like, one night, bounced some ideas, and they actually mentioned it. And it was like, oh my goodness, that's just perfect. The listeners can't see, but you'll be able to see I've got this massive scar across my head. And I've got many other scars across my face. I've been full of scars since the moment I was actually born. 
got scars on my hand from when I was pushed down by my mother when I was oh, a child. Wow. I've got, and my whole story of life has really been overcoming adversity continuously and achieving the goals that I've then set out. One of the most recent ones of those was when I received a scar across my head, which was in a car accident. I woke up from a coma with these staples. And if anyone checks out my media, this is a really recent thing for me to actually share my story and kind of what's happened. And I put some pictures kind of showing what this looked like previously. And yeah, it was really after that journey that I really after that happened, that I went on this self-love journey and got into the bodybuilding. Now, about the car accident, because it's amazing to think of the conclusion of on stage winning Miss Atlas, but a lot of people don't always see kind of the work that goes into that kind of transformation. So take us back to what led up to the car accident, what it was like waking up in the hospital the next day after that induced coma, and I guess the process afterwards of building yourself up after that. Yeah. Okay, so in short, my life has been, it's felt very much like that. So I won't go into all the details, but I grew up with what I now understand, particularly over these last five years, I grew up with not what I now understand to be a narcissistic mother. Never had that word for her in my whole life, just had not a very nice word for her, actually. Uh, grew up with a narcissistic mother and a mentally ill and alcoholic father. And so I had quite a traumatic childhood, went through a lot of things no kid should go through and that resulted in my mum getting me out at 12 going into the care system and then I actually had my boy at 16 and so I was written off by like most people around me but I'm really proud to say like as I started off being in career, career of IT for 15 years despite all of that and have achieved everything that I set out to I'd like to say but then in 2015 I was on a girl's holiday in Spain and I was assaulted by a police officer on the final night I was there, he smashed my main face off the marble floor and I almost lost my life. After that happened, I was left destroyed. I had the bones broken in my nose, my cheekbone, my eyebrow socket. My face was destroyed. Again, photos I've only recently started to share and talk about. But that really set me on a journey to understand myself, other people, my mum, which I'd never wanted to understand. I haven't spoken to my mum in many years and had kind of just buried my childhood away. And I think after that happened, it really sent me on a journey to start understanding myself. Like, why am I the way I am? Why was this police officer the way he was? Why was my mum the way that she is? It just sent me on a bit of a journey. There were things about myself that I didn't like. Like most of us, there's all things that we do sometimes that we wish we didn't and we look back on. And at that time, there were times where not to the extent like the police officer, obviously almost killing me, but I've got angry when I don't want to get angry. I've got short fused when I don't want to be short fused. And I wanted to understand, like, how does this work? How do we work as people? So I really went on a journey after that to start understanding, I guess, human behavior. And that was when I learned something which really helped me on my journey, which was that as an adult, you only really carry anger if you've been through something as a child that you morally disagreed with. And because you didn't have a voice as a child to voice it, you carry the anger, the emotion, because it's trapped, it's suppressed, it's held there. And because it's suppressed and it's held there, every second of every day, all the information you're taking in, you're reacting from that place of programming. This is now years later, I understand this with all the work I've done with neuroscience. But that was what started to help me, send me on that journey. When I understood that thing, it just clicked. It's like, 
but that's me and that's lots of other people. And I never knew that until I went see on the search for the answers. And then, unfortunately, two years later, my dad passed away, who, like I mentioned, was alcoholic, mentally ill. So he was very, very unwell. And I'd looked after him for most of his life and then a care home. So it wasn't exactly, wasn't exactly there for me, but he was my only person. And I was his only person as well. And so when he passed away, I did what I always do, which is go into warrior mode, get everything done, carry on as normal. And my son at the time, what we going back four years ago, was 13. He had had nothing to do with my dad. So it wasn't like he had been impacted by it. And I didn't want him to be. And I actually had a trip planned to take him to Cambodia, backpacking for a month. And so I continued. I did as I normally did. I buried my dad, went on holiday. And then I got back. And I think about a week after I got back from Cambodia, continuing again with the bad habits, the drinking, abusing my body, not really sleeping, running it to the ground. Next minute, I go to work one day and I woke up the next morning with a tube down my throat being pulled out as I woke up from a coma. I remember being, I was so scared. It's like one of the most petrifying moments I have because actually when I woke up, I thought I was being tortured. Like I was pinned down in this chair. I had this thing down my throat, just opened my eyes. People are holding me down. I was so scared and I couldn't cry and I couldn't scream because I've got this thing down my neck. And then they pulled it out and I realised that I'm in the hospital and I'm in intensive care. I've literally just woken up from the coma. My head's all wrapped up where they've started to stitch all my head up. And it turns out that I had passed out at the wheel of my car due to exhaustion. And I had driven into a tree at 50 miles an hour. My body had given up on me. So before I could decide to give up and go to bed or whatever, before I realized that actually what I was doing was not okay, I almost died. My, my body gave up on me and I went into a tree. Thankfully, somebody was behind me in my car because I live out in the sticks a little bit. So somebody even being on that road at that time is quite, it could have easily, who knows who would have found me. So I'm so grateful someone was behind and actually seen. But yeah, I woke up after that. I went into a bit of a dark place that year. Like my head was in a bad way. As you can see from the scar, it was all stapled across. I had a fringe cut and I felt very traumatized by everything that had gone on the last few years. Where does your thoughts go during this? Because I mean, I remember reading you were concerned, obviously, about your son. You're concerned about, okay, what happens next? How do you ring in those thoughts? Because I imagine they go a million miles an hour and there's so many things to worry about. Yeah. And it felt like that. It felt like it got worse as the year went on. Mm-hmm. Like when I come out of hospital, I was recovering. So I was sleeping I don't know, 20 hours a day or whatever for the first couple of months. Couldn't be in sunlight and stuff. And obviously couldn't gym or do any of that stuff for a long time for the rest of that year. An exercise I've done for many years, not always done as an adult for my mental health. And that was out of the window as well. So I couldn't train. And it just got worse as the year went on. But I didn't tell anybody that. I mean, still go to work, still boss work, still put a smile on my face, still act like everything's okay. But as the year got close, especially to the end of the year, because I always struggle with a little bit of Christmas because of family and stuff. And I think as the year got on, I found that like I was going to work and then walking in and crying. When no one's around, like kind of everyone's gone, right? Ah, oh, now it can all come out. And how do I cope? I'm thinking I'm going crazy, feeling like I'm literally having a breakdown. Like I cannot cope. I don't know how to cope. Mm-hmm. And I think I had to go into that really dark place of those crazy thoughts and thinking about and planning. How are you going to do it? How are you going to give up? It's too much. 
to then go, you know, that that can't happen, Scarlett, you've got, and I think that's really important when we're going through like anything is to remind yourself what you've already done and you've already overcome because that gives you such strength. That reminder, actually, let's switch my focus from the shit that's happening and what I'm going through. Let's just shift it for a moment and put it back to reminding myself how strong I really am. And that, I think, again and again, is something that always helps us just go, okay, enough is enough. You know what I mean? Let's get those shoulders back. Let's get that chest up. Let's get back to it. Yeah. And so I knew, though, that getting back to it, I couldn't get back to it how I'd done before. I'd already learned all this stuff and I was partway on that journey. So as soon as the January came, I was like, okay, come on. So I found a new gym, started at a new gym. That gave me back a bit of life. I was finally able to go to the gym again, which was great. Now I still had my hair cut in at that point. And then I just happened to be at the gym one day and someone said to me, by the way, you know, you lift a lot. You lift really heavy. You should do powerlifting or something. And I didn't have a clue what any of that is. I've always just gone to the gym to go to the gym and lift some weights. And then I come back home, looked at it, seen what it was and decided to enter a competition. And what made you want to do it after looking it up? So I looked at powerlifting and it wasn't for me. I was like, oh no, this isn't really my thing. And while I happened to be looking, I think I put some in like fitness competitions or something in my city and was looking for these competitions. And this competition came up that was only 30 minutes down the road and it just had these categories and it said fit mum. I thought, you know what? I used to be ashamed of my body. Like I had a baby at 16. It didn't come back in the way some women's bodies do. I had a saggy belly for years that I felt very uncomfortable with. And I only ever imagined I would could ever get rid of that. And I didn't even think that was even possible. At that point, I stood there thinking, you know what? There's like a six packish here. I'm a fit mum. Like I might not be, my son might not be two. He's like grown, <laughs> which is why. Is a, but I'm going to enter this thing. So I entered it and I didn't actually realize I was entering a bodybuilding competition until the next day when I found out. Yeah. And the next day when I found out and this lady completely just bamboozled, just completely threw me, bamboozled me with this whole bodybuilding world and what this actually meant. And the fact that I would have to prep and go on a diet and lose all the body fat and get tanned and wear a sparkly bikini and pose on stage. And I was just like, (laughs) what the hell have I entered? (laughs) That's why I asked, because follow up question there is like, if you would have known what was required of you to do the competition, would you have signed up to begin with? <laughs> well, I did. I mean, as soon as I did find out, I was like, but I've signed up now, haven't I? So it, challenge accepted. What is yeah. it I've got to do? Like, <laughs> I'm going to find a way to do all of this. I mean, it threw me a little bit. The price of like bikinis, handmade bikini is all like, and I was just, whoa. But I managed to do it relatively pretty much like quite cheaply the first time. And so my idea was, I'm going to do it. I can't come away from it. This is something that's just for me. I need to do something that's just for me right now. This is fitness as well. This is not going to do something crazy that's for me. This is like, although it is crazy <laughs> for where I was, it's crazy in a good way. So I stuck with it and I prepped. And as you touched on, like it is tough. Like your body is in a deficit every single day. Most of us are walking around uh, eating enough food that we burn it. And we've, like, some of us, maybe even we were putting bit on at times. But when you're cutting for a show, you are always in a deficit every single day. And you're going to the gym harder and you're doing cardio and your diet strict and you, you remove like refined sugar predominantly. Like, so you're 
and the carbs come down and the fats go low and you're not running on much. And the gym sessions are hard. And it's really important that the gym sessions are hard because you need to maintain muscle while you're losing this weight. And so I guess there's all a bit of a science to it all, which is why you need a coach. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get some backup for sure. But it sounds like even though the process was hard, this probably either A, took your mind off of things, B, was kind of therapeutic in nature. What are some of the things that the prep and getting ready for this talk? Like, what did it teach you about yourself and what did it teach you about life? The most important thing that I think I could have learned in life, that how important self-love is. I had just come out of that almost losing my life and knew I needed to go on a journey. No idea what that journey was going to look like, but I knew I was on a journey to learn about me and to learn how to look after me because passing out the will of a car because of exhaustion and almost dying is no good. And I almost left my son without a mother for that reason. So I knew I had to do something. I didn't quite know how that was going to look, but I think regardless of whether it's bodybuilding or whatever the thing is, what I realized is how important it is to have, to learn to love us. Like along my bodybuilding journey, I also studied neuroscience, became an NLP and hypnotherapy master, learn about, recognized my programming, recognized what was going on for me, why I did do the things that weren't helpful, why I did have these habits that maybe other people don't have, maybe understanding myself. And I couldn't have asked while I was on that journey of self-awareness, learn great tools. The point of hypnotherapy and NLP was to me to learn tools to help other people. But the journey of them helping me was just life-changing which is what made me want to share them and help so many more people because of how much they helped me let go of my anger my shame and I mean even things like this I couldn't have had these conversations before like there was too much of a guard and a mask up there was too much stuff going on yeah so we even be able to do that I think and so to have that bodybuilding competing and while I was doing this it was just like the perfect companion like learning to really look self-love is the key your health, your relationships, your business. It's fundamental. Yes, you can have great business, I think, and you can earn great money and stuff without it because you can get solely focused on something and just go on a mission and ignore the rest almost to an extent. But that's not healthy. And that's not a healthy way of achieving those things. The same as going on some really crazy diet for the next week or two and isn't healthy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I read somewhere where it said the universe, the world, relationships, jobs, companies, businesses, and money can only love you to the extent at which you love yourself. The ultimate measure is the amount in which you love yourself is the amount in which the blessings and the love comes back to you. And it's what you put out that comes back. When you're doing this whole bodybuilding journey, your first competition, second, and then on, Did it ever kind of occur to you in your mind that one day you'd be Miss Atlas? Was that kind of like, did that become a goal or was it kind of like, oh, I'm heading in this direction. I might as well keep going. No. So that was the goal. So I did that show the first day, the first time. And a friend of mine who been friends for the past kind of 15 years, that's his world. And so he happens to be there. It's like, right, we're doing this again. And I'm here with you. And that's what I mean by have somebody who believes in you and knows what they're doing as well, because I couldn't have done any of this. Like, there's no way I'd have done that day and that would have been it. And so I went looking. I'd never done this stuff before. So I went looking at federations at different shows, what's around. 
And there's all these particular federations that my coach wanted me to go with. And some of them I have. But then I found this one in the UK that was very different to everything else. It offered so many more opportunities and felt like it was about uh, like the, the athletes, the people competing. It had a very different feel to it. And the opportunity that they were offering for the top place was if you won with them, they would take you out to America to compete at the Atlas show, completely paid for. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is an incredible opportunity. That's what I want to do. And so I said to my coach, okay, this is what I want to enter. And by the way, I want to go from a coma to Miss Atlas. That was the goal. And I entered that year and I lost by one place. But I couldn't believe it. I went through the amateur show, through pro show, and I missed out on the chance to go to America by one place. That was it. It was like, okay, well, it ain't happening this year, but that's okay. <laughs> I am still I have just started and this is not do I mean I've got so much gratitude and everything for the people that are there and so much respect for everybody and what they do so I came away from it okay I need to grind I need to take the lessons I need to get the feedback I need to come back I need to improve and lo and behold I was taken out to America in November 2019 I won Miss Atlas yeah so it's (laughs) And (laughs) at this point of the story, just a quick recap, if you don't mind, because you mentioned being thrown out at 12, you had your son at 16, correct? Yeah. Assaulted by a police officer. I think it was, you said 2015. And then after losing your father, you come back from vacation to only a week later, narrowly escaped death because your body out of exhaustion failed you. You went into a tree 50 miles per hour, wake up the next morning in a coma. Along the way, there's so many opportunities for you to blame the world, blame your surroundings, blame everything that's happening to you for keeping you where you are. But here you are, you set the goal. First, you started with challenge accepted when you signed up and then you set the goal and you accomplish it as Miss Atlas. What kept that mindset to not blame the world and focus on yourself? How can someone adopt that mindset of looking at their lives, not being a victim, and kind of maybe taking control and taking the power in their own hand? Well, that is the most important thing to take from all of this podcast. If you're going to say anything, it is what you've just said, is that if you're a victim to what has happened, and you are, like I was, when things happen, you are a victim. But if you stay in a victim mindset, blaming everybody, then you've got no power. You're helpless. And when you're helpless, you're depressed and you're sad. And you're exactly as it is, you're helpless because you've got no power. And the only way to get that power back is to be focused on the things you do have control over. Because all of the things that you're thinking about in that situation is all the things you don't have control over. It's the things that have happened or happened to you or that you've been through. And They're all in the past. You can't do anything about them. The minute that your attention is focused on what it's their fault or it's that person's fault or it happened because of this or it's because of and you've got all these excuses and things, it's likely to be all things that are out of your control. And when you feel like that, that's when you go into that place of depression. That's when you go into that place of anger and frustration and feeling helpless. All the things that ask yourself, like if I think of the word helpless, what are the emotions that come with that? How am I going to feel? You're going to feel all of them at one point or another during that day or that week. If that's where your attention is, you're either going to be sad or angry 
So you've got to focus on what you have control over. Like I learned this at a very young age. And so when shit happens, it doesn't mean I don't go into a victim place, but I come out of it pretty quickly. Like I remind myself. And that's by recognizing how are you feeling right now? Like, and if you're feeling a certain way, what's it you're saying to yourself? It all starts with what's going on in your head, the way you feel, your emotions, everything. And a lot of it is happening subconsciously, which is why it can be really helpful to work with somebody who can help you get into that subconscious level. Because logically, is only a very small part. And as you know, when something happens, we react. We don't have chance to think a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. We're coming from a place of action, aren't we? <laughs> so recognizing yourself, like if you're not feeling very good today, or your thoughts are going into a certain place and you keep focusing on the same thing, ask yourself, like, if it's something from the past or something somebody else has done, perhaps ask yourself, like, What's another way I could look at this? What's the positives I could take from this? Because that can always really sound nuts when people say, take the positives. And you think, how can I take the positives? When you're in it, it doesn't make much sense. But whether it's today or it's tomorrow, like when you do feel like you can look at that situation, ask yourself, like, come on, there's got, there will be something. Like, what is it? And ask yourself, speak to yourself. There is something I can take from this. What can I take from this? Because the minute that your brain doesn't see it as a situation, meaning to it that you're at loss or however it is the minute that it sees that actually there's a positive you can reframe that and that's what programming is like reframe that let go of whatever that is that was holding you there and take on a new belief that's going to help you empower you to move forward so yeah i hope that helps a little bit no absolutely that's phenomenal i have one last question and this is just something I know you mentioned when we did our Patreon recording about tapping into what gets you excited, finding your why, as we talk a lot about, and just kind of, I guess, getting into the mind of Scarlett really quick. What gets you through the toughest workout, the stressful day at work, or some of your darkest days? What is that thing that you tap into when the weights are the heaviest they've ever been, or you're looking at the tallest mountain you're about to climb? Because it sounds like you're all about growth and continuing to help get to the next level, help others get to the next level while you're also increasing to the next level. And we know when we climb those mountains, the valleys, you could ride down them, but the peaks are harder to get to. So what do you tap into that gets you there? I think the vision of what that result is. Like now I'm eight weeks into prep. I've got about another eight, seven and a half to go. And then I'm actually in America. I'm in Texas, in Galveston, in December, December the 4th competing and so right now I'm visioning that right now I'm visioning the fourth and how it's going to go and that's what I'm tapped into that is what helps me to move forward like as simple as like I knew I've never grew up with my own home and things like that I knew when I had my son I wanted to own my own house Mm -hmm. and regardless of what people were doing around with me when I was a teenager and they might not be working or doing whatever and do it going out and buying the most expensive clothes on the weekend or I wasn't doing any of that I was grinding and working hard and saving money and keeping focused on what it was I wanted and it didn't wasn't going to happen overnight it was going to save but I think keep that vision like keep that big and bold and keep it in your mind's eye like there in your forefront so no matter what's going on from every single day you can tap back into it even when it's getting noisy around you and everything else is maybe going on you've got all these other voices and God knows what else going on. Maybe it'll take a walk to do it sometimes. Go for a bit of walk, get some fresh air or 
I think the biggest killers for us as people is letting ourselves down. Like when we say to ourselves, we're going to do something tomorrow and then we don't think we don't do it. We think it doesn't matter because nobody else is involved. It wasn't we said we were going to do it for our friend or whoever, because likelihood is if it was for a friend, if it was for a friend, you would have done it. And if you didn't, you'd have felt really bad. And because it's for us, we just think, oh, well, never mind. We can break these promises to ourselves, but what's happening inside is the same that would happen with somebody else. We're letting ourselves down. And likelihood is what comes with that, is feeling like not very good, beating ourselves up. And in a lot of cases, we then run patterns that make us feel better, which may result to turn into drink, drugs, food, gambling, whatever. The thing is that the instant is going to make you feel good, but in the long run, not help at all. So that is that internal dialogue again. It really does all start, I believe, with that. Although everything's coming in and you're subconscious, the more aware you can become and live consciously, the more you can live consciously and not be a prisoner of your own thoughts and more in control of them and your destiny. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of destiny, I got to say, Scarlett, you are the embodiment of scars into strength. So thank you so much for that journey, that story. And I want to make sure that our audience has a way to reach out to you, connect with you, follow some of what you share on social, because I feel like we've only hit the tip of the iceberg of the knowledge that you've shared on your social and kind of the services that you can provide for others. So I'd love for our audience to have an opportunity to tap into to what you're giving to the world. So how can they connect with you? Yeah, so I've got a website, which is scarletoconnor.co.uk. So there's that. You can also find contact form, etc. on there or drop me an email. On socials, Instagram, I'm UK. Put the UK on there a bit. <laughs> so you'll be able to find me on there as well, where you can reach out to me. If you've got any questions, like following on from this, if you want to know anything or you have anything to ask or any questions, like feel free to drop me a message or reach out. You can also book a call on there. I do like a free kind of 15 call so we can catch up and discuss what may be going on for you, what, what adversity may be going on and potentially if I'm the right person to help you through that. Yeah. I'll be sure to have those links in our show notes so folks can access that pretty quickly and easily, just really just the tap of their thumb and they can get in contact with you. So I'll be sure to have that. But Scarlett, not only for taking the time, but sharing your vulnerability and your story, I can almost guarantee there's a listener who benefited from it, at least one, if not many. So thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Ted. It's, yeah, I'm really honored to be invited on to share and talk. So thank you. Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you don't mind, I'm going to recap some of the key points that you made along the way as we wrap up here and kind of talk to the audience directly, because there were so many gems that Scarlett dropped that I want to make sure you guys, if you weren't taking notes, maybe you were driving or cleaning while listening to this podcast, just to reiterate, why am I the way I am? It's a question that a lot of us don't ask ourselves, or we ask why someone else is the way they are. Really getting to the root of what we're holding on to can give so much insight into how we go about our days and can open up the door to so much healing. Because as Scarlett said before, the anger that we hold on to is oftentimes because of a trapped emotion that we've had ever since we were young, a trauma from a younger age that our mind has tricked us into forgetting, but we still carry that weight with us each and every single day. So asking, why am I the way I am? And doing that journey, doing that work to understand ourselves can maybe provide the healing that we're looking for. And then she mentions, before I gave up, my body gave up. So many of us, a lot of us listening, I know how ambitious you guys are. To some point, 
we might be doing it to our own detriment. Got to remember to take care of the body. And I need this advice just as much as some of the listeners at home, because I could take better care of terms of my sleep. I'll admit I don't get enough sleep and I am working on that. And I actually use this opportunity to make a promise to you, the viewers, that I will work on focusing on my sleep more. If you all can kind of jump in with me and promise on taking care of yourself a little bit more. Remind yourself of the victories. It's so easy to get hard on ourselves and really just get into a pity party and invite everybody over, bring cake, blow the candles out and have the biggest pity party ever. But we need to remind ourselves of the victories that we've experienced because we've made it this far. We've gotten over everything that we've gone through and we are only getting started. And I need to do something just for me. If you're listening, you need a hobby, a focus, a drive that feeds you and focuses on the self-love and eventually helps build that superpower that we have, which is what we can control and not focusing on what we can't control. Don't be a victim, put the power in your own hands and go on your journey from scars to strength and follow in Scarlett O'Connor's example. Guys, thank you so much. Scarlett, again, thank you so much. We appreciate you guys making it to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed it, please, it would mean the world if you can share this with someone that you think needs it and can get value from it. And if you also could leave us a rating, let us know how we're doing. It'd be hugely helpful because the only way we can improve is by you telling us how we can do so. Also, make sure you subscribe to get a new episode each and every single week. And if you love the podcast and you want to support on a monetary level, we have a Patreon page where you could hear extra content from our guests like Scarlett and others and get a little bit of extra value, a little bit of extra insight and some behind the scenes audio as well. Guys, we appreciate you making it to the end. And as we always say, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow.